What's going on, y'all? This is Mike Brown, and I just wanted to welcome y'all to this week's episode of The Art of Letting Go. While I got your attention, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to it. Also, be sure to leave a review and let people know what you think, how dope you think the show is, or whatever you think about it. Also, May 19th, which is next week, that yoga dude and I will be releasing a meditation project yet to be titled, but it's really good. You can find that on datyogadude.com and justmikebrown.com. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Yo, what up? This is Mike Brown, and this is The Art of Letting Go. Today, I got three special guests in the building. Um, first, we'll start with Wayne. Um, shit, my first co-host on this show. Um... Shit, we got Crenshaw in the building. Uh, we've done a few episodes together. So it's not like special guests. Y'all are special guests, but y'all regular guests as well. James is always, well, that yoga dude is always here. Uh, meditations every week. But do y'all mind introducing yourselves to the listeners? Sure, I'll go first. Uh, my name is Alpha or Wayne, if you want to call me. Um, I am a father. I don't know if I'm supposed to go like that, that into detail with my uh, my introduction. I'm a father. I like to run track sometimes. Uh, <laughs> now I'm Alpha. Uh, I'm a musician and um, an artist, and uh, I used to do the show with Mike, and I'm happy to be uh, here with you all again. Yay. <laughs> Popcorn <laughs> style. Crenshaw, go. Crenshaw. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Crenshaw, comedian, uh, mental health counselor. And uh, yeah, uh, like you said, special guest of the show. Not like them regular people. Special guest. <laughs> oh, y'all done? <laughs> <laughs> James Woods, a.k.a. That Yoga Dude will feel free to feel free. That Yoga Dude, I got the name That Yoga Dude because I was trying to avoid paying student loans and I didn't want to use my real name. No. Working with health and wellness, feel free to feel free. Uh, always glad to be here with Mike Brown. I appreciate that, man. And I appreciate y'all being here. Uh, being that it's Mental Health Awareness Month, I wanted to retouch on a topic that we touched on five years ago, which was uh, male vulnerability. And, you know, I listened back to those episodes and just where we were at that time and where we are today. But first I wanted to start it just by knowing how's everybody doing today? Alpha, how you doing today? Um, I'm actually doing well. I took this week off from work to uh, really focus in on myself and kind of recalibrate. So as I'm headed into the end of the week, I realize I needed more than a week, but this will have to suffice for now. Um, but I'm feeling good, man. I, I feel real good. I'm looking forward to hanging out with my moms on Mother's Day, um, chilling for a little bit. So I feel good. That's what's up. My weather is sunny. Crenshaw. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm... I'm right. I'm uh, weather is like literal weather. Definitely a little rainy and uh, gross outside. But all things considered, you know, stuff going well. But you get tired and stressed a little bit. So definitely a little tired. And uh, 
like been trying to do a lot of running around and you know that uh but for the most part things going good can't complain i definitely am stressed but at that point of stress where i know i'm getting through it so it's an excitement oh, okay cool i'm dealing with this stress a little bit better so that's a dope feeling to see myself not get just brought all the way down by being stressed. So I'm excited. That's what's up, man. Um, where do y'all feel like y'all at in y'all vulnerability? You know, I think uh, when we first did this, we were kind of just talking about. I think one thing you mentioned, James, is just being not too vulnerable. You know what I mean? Like. I don't know if that meant you were holding back at that time. I don't know where you was at. It was something you talked about. Oh, um, <clears throat> it, I'm probably saying I'm tripping out that you said that was five years ago. Like I was right. in my thirties still five years ago. Um, I just came back from a trip. To, <laughs> you in your forties? Like, five years ago, I was thirty. Oh, you saying you started your thirties um, five years? Yeah, like, in <laughs> like, the 30s, five yeah. years ago, like. Gotcha. You yeah. said you was in your 30s five years ago, like you're not in your 30s now. Like, I'm I'm still, I'm halfway through. <laughs> you <laughs> see, five years ago, I was 30. Right, right, right. I was entering my 30s. <laughs> I was entering. Um, and that was, a, that was a pivotal place for me. Remember, we went camping for my birthday, and I felt like I really made some significant shifts in my life. Uh... A lot of my life revolves around my career. And we went camping with my family. And my family is a place where I'm not very vulnerable with. Immediate uh, and kind of cousins and stuff. And what was that? This weekend, I went to Tennessee. My little cousin graduated from Fisk. Uh, the, one of the other HBCUs that you no know, one really cares about. Stupid. <laughs> um, just being around family and kind of shutting down still. Like not always being vulnerable. <clears throat> You know, just short, kind of shallow conversations until it's a place where I kind of feel my groove. Right. And still kind of um, not as open and vulnerable with family as I am with other people sometimes. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm just always checking in, like, okay, I think I'm more vulnerable now when I feel like I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And uh, family make me check in. Like, are you doing what you're supposed to be doing and stuff? And if I feel like I'm not, I, I don't, my vulnerability level goes way, way down. So I'm still not as vulnerable as uh, I think. And I get checked by my family or people when I kind of shut down my vulnerability. So I'm still work in progress. That's what's up. Um, shit, I know for me, I feel very vulnerable. A lot of times, uh, probably too much. But I feel like the vulnerability always shows me like just what I need to see, if that makes sense. So like, you know, if I'm expressing myself to people and, you know, depending on what that response is, it's kind of showing me like where, where I'm at in that space, you know? Yeah, that's good. I was gonna say that's real. That's um, I feel pretty vulnerable too right now. Um, I feel like I'm, 
like you said, Mike, I feel like I, I'm, I'm willing to express myself a little bit too much sometimes to the point where I'm like, all right, man, shut up, dog. Like, <laughs> just chill, you know what I'm saying? Um, but I, I like the fact that I, I'm, I feel like I'm growing uh, through the vulnerability. Um, it's teaching me a lot about myself. I'm, I'm able to do a lot of reflection. Um, and now it's really just about picking my time as far as when to share certain things. Uh, I think I'm in that place as far as vulnerability goes, like picking who's allowed to know about my vulnerability versus me just kind of being like, uh, I don't know if this is the right place to really share that kind of stuff. So I'm going to just hold on to it. So I think I, that's where I'm kind of trying to figure things out. Right. Now I feel that, man. I feel like uh, it's been weird. Like as I express things to certain people, I feel like I get like a uh, pity response. And that's been kind of frustrating a little bit. Right. And so it's like there is a thing of like, I want to be able to express vulnerability, but not necessarily be viewed as, you know, like this puppy that needs to be uh, coddled or some shit. And so there is a thing of that where it's like being vulnerable, but also, I guess, like you were saying, like Wayne was saying, as far as being identifying who you can be vulnerable with. And so you get the response that you need and what you're actually looking for. And uh, I don't feel like a lot of people, maybe this is probably uh, my experience, but it feels like a lot of people try to have that, like, oh, I'm going to talk you off the ledge, right. like speech prepared. And like, I don't necessarily need all that. Like, I'm just saying something. I ain't about to, you know, end it all right now. So you don't have to be that uh, overly responsive to it. So that's a, uh, I don't know, a, sp- a weird space I'm in with, expressing yourself and being vulnerable and shit. And as I was listening to you, I was kind of thinking like, you know, I don't, when I, cause when I think about vulnerability, it's not just like for me, not just sharing like the shit I'm going through, but sometimes just the shit I'm mm-hmm. thinking about and shit like that. Cause like, I, I do feel you like that shit could get old if, you know, every time I tell somebody something, they feel sorry for me, but I feel like right. I, I express myself in so many different ways. Like, you know, even, even you know, sharing something that I wrote or, you know, playing somebody, somebody something that I've done feels vulnerable for me, you know? Right. <clears throat> nah, that's interesting. I do, I think vulnerability, I guess, can be misconstrued as expressing sadness or something or like yeah expressing a weakness that you're experiencing or whatever but as mike is saying it could just be expressing whatever and that is the not just holding that in so expressing whatever you're feeling is a a level of vulnerability i feel that i feel like the same thing you were saying earlier too crenshaw even when you do i feel like even when i do that though it's like i'm just sharing like i'm not trying to be sad like i'm just i'm in a cool place i'm just sharing with you what i'm going through but i'm good and i feel like it's still that i can still get that same response and i think like i was listening to what you were saying and i was like something that i've kind of noticed is i talk to a lot of people that work in health and wellness because i work in health and wellness and so when i talk to people outside of that that's when they're like oh bro i'm sorry it's like no dog like I'm, you know, I'm good. I'm right. just, you ask me a question, you ask me how I'm doing and I'm going to tell you, you know what I'm saying? Like, but I'm not trying right. to, right. <laughs> like, I might go say, I don't like, I, I want to move past the, cause I know as, especially as black men, a lot of times we'll be like, oh, how you doing? I'm straight, bro. I'm good. You know what I'm saying? Everything I'm just trying right. to make, you know? but that's just like such a surface answer. So I try to have real conversations with people and I am really met with 
that a lot but then on the same side as what mike was sharing i'm just getting to a place where i'm really willing to share a lot of my art and the things that i create whereas i was kind of holding and tucking a little bit more before and now i'm like i'm just gonna put it out and see you know it is what it is like it's for me more than it is for anything else so um i definitely feel more vulnerable in that space but it's scary but it feels good to release you know what i'm saying right and as I was talking about it, uh, me being more clear on my boundaries, I know with some folks that I'm not vulnerable with, I'm sad that I'm not vulnerable with. I wish I could be more vulnerable with. But me being vulnerable can lead to me being distracted, losing focus, being deterred, having something negative. Like you said, where I'm giving an idea, I'm giving how I feel, and then you go <clears> off, <throat> put some negativity or something in it, and I'm just like, oh, man, I don't you know, so I, I'm building boundaries, even if I don't want to, because I need to, because my, my mental is very important to protect. Mm -hmm. Vulnerability is great to be able to have somebody to express whatever things I'm going through and all that kind of stuff, but expressing it and being vulnerable with the wrong person could lead, as y'all said, to those responses that are just not helpful for me. Like, right. I don't need, I don't need to get taking down this road of doubt and fear because that's what's going on with you. I'm just expressing to get it out. I'm not trying to take on your fear, your doubt. As right. I'm, I'm learning that. And that's, that's funny you mentioned that because uh, that was something that you talked about again in the last episode. And today, that's something I connect to, like just not being so open and not allowing myself to you know just uh i guess not be too connected to other people's shit because it's like when you give that vulnerability sometimes when people aren't used to it they just latch on to it and um yeah i i guess i'm learning how to set those boundaries to protect my energy because um yeah you know just being an empath is kind of tough not to, you know, just give in to that. Yeah. I think that what I'm seeing with that, too, is, like, a lot of men don't get a chance to express. So when they get a chance to talk, they talk. But they pour that, that energy that y'all are talking about back <laughs> on you, and you're like, oh, wait, <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. You know what I'm saying? I want to give you the space to talk and to share but I wasn't ready for this type of energy that you're giving me. And so that, like, I, you know, going back to what I said before, the people that don't work in, that don't do this type of work, that work in health and wellness, that, you know, do, you know, what you're doing with the art of letting go, like letting go. People who don't release like that, when you engage with them, sometimes it's, it's you're right, it's difficult to really find that boundary to know what to say, what to share, how much to take in, and not right. to start to, like, you know, look away, like, oh, let me look at my phone real quick so they know, like, like, I'm into the conversation, bro, but I got, you know, other stuff to talk about. <laughs> um, so it, it, get, it gets, it definitely gets tough, um, but I'm, I'm learning to try to, like I said earlier, just figure out who to share what with, who, what to keep to myself, and even with my thoughts, what to really share with myself, like, do I really need to be thinking about this right now or should I be focused on something else? Um, and that's something that I realized over the course of this week that I took off. Like I've been very, I just been moving 
and doing stuff and creating and making stuff happen, but I haven't been focused. I've just been doing stuff and making stuff happen. And so I need to get to a level where I'm really focused so that the things that I'm pursuing and I want to accomplish really get to the place where I see them instead of me just doing a lot of work and it happening, but it's not what I see, if that makes any sense. Uh, me realizing that vulnerability on my end is inviting somebody into my world, but they ain't got to take the invitation. If they like, mm, I'm cool, I don't, if that's better for me and for them because they ain't got to fake listen, they ain't got to fake like they're there for me, they ain't got to fake like they're interested, and I don't have to fake reciprocate that. And I'm learning now too. People invite me into their world a lot of times. If I don't want to go, I don't want to go. And that's cool. Right. Keep it pushing. That's real. Yeah. Um, something I was thinking about just now, because shit, I'm always in a relationship, single, in a relationship, single. But I do find vulnerability to a level with all of my partners. But do y'all feel like y'all find vulnerability in your relationships? Or do you have it? Yeah, I definitely do. Um, and I see it progressing every time I progress. Every time I clear some stuff in my own life, I'm able to share more of it with my partner. And it helps the relationship. And I'm learning now that I got to be, I can't just smash on the gas when I get a little, when I get a little bit of that, like I said, that invitation and they take it, I can't just go all the way um, in. For myself more so than anything because as i go in i start to get more and more anxious like oh am i being too vulnerable am i saying too much am i uh now i'm getting nervous i gotta make something up and back out and reverse reverse um, <laughs> right i was waiting for it <laughs> do you do you feel like you fight like the natural feelings though like do you like block yourself from like if you naturally feel just going there do you block that it has become a feeling that is unnatural to me. Mm -hmm. But I learned that doing that is painful. So yes, it's natural for people to want to connect with each other and share and build. But I have associated that with pain. So if I'm feeling like, okay, the next corner I turn and is in, in this vulnerability thing, I'm going to crash, I'm going to get smacked. She's going to tell me no, she's going to reject me. Oh, I got to fight, I got to get out. I got to slow it down. So in my mind, I'm building up a story of how my vulnerability is going to cause issues in this relationship. But when I actually have the conversation with her, she's like, cool, all right, let's keep doing this. Let's keep going. So it is a constant gas break to be like, all right, check in with yourself. You were vulnerable. That's good. That took a lot out of you. Just being real. Now you got to check in with yourself, check in with her. You might need to take a day to just chill and and let that, you know, go for yourself. <clears throat> it definitely has been a process of taking it slow instead of just, oh man, this feels so good. I can be so vulnerable. I can be myself with you. I can tell you everything. And then that just scares me. And then I'm bursting it out. Yeah, and I definitely think there's a thing of, at least for me, as relationships get deeper and longer, their your partner's importance gets gets more important to you. Like they become more, you know, ingrained in your life. And so the idea of being vulnerable, it can change because it's like, oh, now I have kind of something to lose a little bit. 
as opposed to when it's first starting off where you can just kind of be, I mean, you might be here, you might not, so I can just kind of put this shit out there and I might not have to see you again and deal with the the ramifications, I guess, of expressing myself all this way. But if you're in it with somebody, then it's like, oh, I'm going to definitely have to see you tomorrow. So if we have an awkward conversation or if I say some shit, I'm going to be thinking about, man, is she thinking about that I said this? Or is she thinking about how I was doing this? And so, yeah, there is a thing of the uh, kind of fighting through that, I guess, of, uh, I guess, is that up and down in the relationship or that kind of uh, whatever you want to call it, but how that flow goes, essentially. Yeah, that yeah, man, that flow is crazy. I think that with me and my vulnerability within my relationship, I'm at a place where I, uh, you know, I used to express it a lot on the podcast uh, back in the day. I can't believe, like you said, five years ago, that was crazy. But um, right. on the podcast, I used to talk a lot about, you know, me being depressed and me going through a depression and different, and different things like that. And, um, you know, I've grown through it so much. Like, I first thing I had to do was really get over my childhood trauma, right? And then as I got over that, I started to realize some of the residual effects of that childhood trauma that I didn't know was even present in me. And so I feel like within my relationship, I'm at a place where I'm seeing how those residual effects affected my relationship, too. And I'm like, oh, shit, like, damn, I didn't even know that was going on because I was so caught up in what I was caught up in. And so now learning how to be vulnerable but respectful of like I cause hurt to you too because of my hurt. So figuring out like how much can I really how much do I share with you as far as my vulnerability, understanding that you've been hurt as well and you might not feel the freedom to express the way that you might need to express because of the years and years and years and years of trauma that I've had. If that if it makes sense. You know what I'm saying? So I'll share things now and I have to be cognizant of how did, how is it that what is it what it is that I'm sharing how does it really make you feel like what does it make you feel when I'm so, I know that I'm I'm just getting stuff off of me and I'm sharing things and I'm telling you about me personally and but how is it making you feel and I feel like that's where I'm kind of like okay I kind of check in with myself a little bit more before I have those conversations to see if it's something that I can really deal with on my own um because I understand the vulnerability. I'm trying to understand more the the vulnerability of my partner versus me just being vulnerable to her. Right. And you, man, checking in with my myself and my level of expression. As I said, my vulnerability is an invitation, but sometimes it's a booby trap. Because I'm like, all right, I'm going to invite you in just to set you up to right. prove a point where... So my trauma, you know, my stuff can kick in and be like, see, I told you, I told you, don't, don't do that. Don't, don't talk to her. So I'm telling her this, I'm telling her that. And then, you know, she say something. I'm like, huh? Mm, I knew I couldn't trust her with that. I knew I couldn't be vulnerable. And it's a setup. And I'm like, I'm setting myself up to not be more intimate with a person who I want to be intimate with and connected. But that fear is still there. So I just said, Wayne me being able to check in with it like why am i sharing this what do i need from this what do i need from sharing this with her how is this going to be a benefit to me to her to the relationship is it going to increase our growth or is it going to be me with a reason to back up out of this and that's a difficult conversation for me to have with myself because that 
Now, booby trap is so ingrained in me to protect myself and who I think I am. Sometimes it come out, you know, just, oh, man, I was, I'm tripping. But it's work in progress. It's James Woods, a.k.a. that yoga dude. Feel free to feel free. Early mornings, late nights, no lunches, no breaks. Body's constantly under stress. Taking a breath, a calming, relaxing breath. Helps our body to relieve our stress in a natural way. As you sit up tall, lay down, or in a seated position. Shoulders relax. Eyes are softly closed. Lips softly pressed together and sealed. Breathing into the nose for a count of five, four, three, two, one. Breathing out of the nose. Six, five. into our next segment um i gave some listeners and some people on instagram an opportunity to ask us a question so we are going to move into ask me a question All right. Our first question is from Salim, and it is, how do you know who to be vulnerable with? I know trial and error shit. First thing come to mind, I guess. You really just got to find, uh, I guess you got to know, know, know your people, you know. Um, I think it kind of initially starts with, knowing yourself and kind of taking whatever time to explore yourself and explore knowing what you need, like understanding why you're saying something and expressing something. So getting to that level at first and then, you know, knowing the people around you and accepting how people are, how they respond to stuff and how they, you know, have done in the past. So as a practical answer, I guess there might be a deeper one. One of y'all got. No, I was going to say pretty much the same thing. Like, getting to know yourself because when you get to know yourself you get to know your people and it's easier to find them but if you don't if you don't tap into yourself first you might just be talking to everybody and getting all kind of different energy feeding into what it is that you're looking for what it is you're just looking for something in particular but you're getting all this other stuff because you're talking to everybody so i think that finding feeding into yourself first whether that's through reading or meditation or going for walks or going to your favorite spot and just kind of chilling and sitting with yourself 
Um, I think those are, that's what's necessary first for you to really find who you want to be vulnerable with too. Yeah, and I'll piggyback on that. I think it's more of a what than a who. Because if you're just not ready to let anybody into this thing that you got going on, it don't matter who. But if you process it and you're good with it and you're just kind of looking for maybe another sense of feedback, not more so validation or confirmation, but just, I just want to share this with you because it possibly could help you or it's something I'm still working on that can help me. But knowing that what I share is something that is um, going to be beneficial to this situation, whoever the person is. So I think more so focusing on the what, and as y'all said, knowing yourself before you focus on, ah, this person is kind of this, they kind of that, da, 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 da. What is it? Yeah, I think it's levels to it. Um, you know, depending on just where you're at with people is, is levels of how much you want to share and be open with them and you know as you as you build your relationship or your connection or whatever it may be you you might be more open um my second question this is a two-part question comes from george from instagram uh a moment can you share a moment in your life when you realize that your mental health needed attention I, I say this. It was oh, 95, 96. No, it was, uh, I remember though, it was like 20, I was about 25 years old. And they say at 25 is when the male brain starts to fully develop. And I had kind of started going to some yoga classes, a couple. Uh, it was uh, a yoga studio on, on Pico. And I was going and doing some Kundalini yoga. Before we started class, we was jumping into a 15 minute meditation. And most of the time I probably would come late or I was just able to sit through the meditation power through it. But it was after a girl broke up with me and she dumped me. No explanation, no nothing, she just dumped me. And my mind was just racing. And I was thinking, like, oh, man, what I got to do to get her back? What I got to do to do this? Blah, blah, blah. I just felt like I couldn't control my mind. And I know, you know, getting separation, loss, and all that stuff is there. But as I was trying to sit into a meditation, I couldn't control my mind. I couldn't stay focused. I was all over the place. And I realized that wasn't the first time. A lot of times, I realized at that point, as my brain was fully developing that, it's a lot of times where I can't just control my mind. I can't control it. And I'm not aware of what I'm thinking. And at, at that time, I was like, yeah, I really need to have better tools to manage my mental health because I didn't like the feeling of being out of control. I didn't like the feeling of having so much of my thoughts and my mind space being dedicated to a situation that was no longer happening. It was real frustrating to me. So that was one particular time. It's like, I really need some effective tools to deal with this mind and mental health stuff. Yeah. Uh, I feel like, so I guess when I knew I needed it, I probably was in college. I think it was in my unconscious mind, though. Um, but I feel like I owe, my, I my mental health always needs attention. Because uh, it's really easy for me to slip back into negative thoughts. It's really easy for me to slip back into 
just kind of procrastinating or doing things that <clears throat> I no longer want to do that aren't healthy for me. Um, so I have to be very attentive and on guard of my mind and my mental a lot of the time. Um, and, you know, I do better with it sometimes and I do worse other times. Um, but I've learned to, like, not uh, beat myself up if I'm not on guard. Um, to just be like, you know what, this is where I'm at right now. And I'm slipping and it is what it is. I got to find my way back. But I accept where I am and... You know, I have to decide how I can move next and even if I'm ready to move to do what I'm supposed to do next because I might not be ready to do that. Um, so, you know, that's pretty much where I'm at. I'm, I'm always on guard with my mental health because um, it's my mind be racing all the time. Right. Yeah, I think a specific time for me was at least one time. I mean, like Wayne was saying, it happens a lot, but when I was in my last year in grad school, yeah, that was a definitely a time where <laughs> my shit was like having physical manifestations. So my stomach would be all cramped up. I'm like running to the bathroom like five, six times a day and shit. And, I, and it wasn't until after a while, like, you know, I'm trying to take stuff like my stomach and stuff like that. But then I don't remember like what kind of clicked for me. But at some point it was like, oh, this is like, anxiety and stress like this just isn't a stomach problem like it happens you know when you're at work or whatever my internship at the time was I remember being like trying to work on my dissertation like going to a library like for hours and not being able to like focus or like write a sentence and shit and just kind of like James was saying mind being all over the place not being able to focus on anything so it's kind of, it's uh so it's stuff like that that you kind of collect over the years so if I'm you know, like I realize now, like before I'm about to go up or something, now you know my stomach will get cramped up. I'm like, all right, this is anxiety, but this I know it'll be over by the time I'm done. You know, I don't need to go to the bathroom necessarily. Like this is like a stress thing or like an anxiety thing, and so it's uh, just kind of collecting those little uh, behavioral changes uh, that that I've noticed over the years. I've actually started to look into medications now. To kind of help with it because, like, my I can it's just my mind just be running and racing, and I kind of need to slow right. down sometimes. And you know, sometimes I can smoke, and it's like, okay, cool, like, I feel I can think, but that doesn't always work. So, I'm actually like psychotropic meds, like, I'm looking into things that might be able to assist me with that because it, yeah, man, it's, it's sometimes it's too much for me to bear on my own, right. That was going to be my question, Wayne, of how do you, you said sometimes you stop yourself and turn around. Sometimes you just kind of keep going where you're at. Like, what are your go-tos to be like, all right, I got to catch myself and, keep, and, and turn this thing around? Um, lately, it's been talking to other men um, and just sharing so that I have, like, account of pieces of accountability, people who can check on me. Because, um, like, I... I can turn to like, you know, music we used to be a thing, but for years, I haven't even been able to listen to, I'm just becoming creative again. Like, I think for the last year, year and a half, I couldn't even listen to music. It was like classical or jazz, and that was it. If it had words to it, I couldn't listen to it. Um, and so, <clears throat> now I feel like that it's that connection with other people that's kind of helping me, because I have people to check on, that check in with me now. See like, yo, how you doing? You know what I'm saying? 
Um, and then I'm actually working on the, my, the spiritual side of myself now as well. Like, I feel like I got kind of lost in that. I had a lot of questions about certain things um, that I had been taught and was, like, wondering, like, is this real or what's going on with this? Um, and that had me really confused and in an off place. But I feel like I'm starting to reset in that area as well. Um, I'm not perfect by no means, but it's something that I'm, I'm working toward to kind of help me build that back up. Yeah. Yeah, I think being definitely being in therapy this go around, starting to I I think the type of therapy I'm doing and it's kind of making me realize that you know a lot of times people are like, Oh, that's just how I am or you know, I just do this thing. Like, well nah, that's actually something else going on. It's like, oh I just get stressed out sometimes, or, you know, I get these cramps sometimes, or I get, you know, unfocused sometimes and we just kinda chalk it up as this thing is happening and not necessarily like there's a, uh, you know, to get kind of uh, psychology talky or whatever, but, you know, there's these unconscious decisions that you're making that are kind of resulting in these effects on your life and shit. So it's not just, oh, you know, this is just the type of person I am. Like, now nah, that's, this is the type of person you are because these things are happening and because you're responding to these things. Accepting that there's more to ourselves than, you know, just our uh, God-given personalities. Bottom line, this shit is hard, son. <laughs> <laughs> this shit is hard. It's hard as hell. It's hard to deal with this shit. It's hard to manage relationships. It's hard to manage myself. It's hard to do all of this shit. But it's like, I'm, I'm starting to realize that this the hard shit is a, is a part of the growth. It's a part of life. It's a part of what you need to become who you want to become and then even when you become who you want to become you realize like oh shit i kind of want to be something somebody else too now like so it's kind of moving and learning through those transitions like this shit is hard dog life is hard man it's it is like it's it's tough yeah it's tough as hell it's it's hard and i feel like most of the time i feel like i'm not doing it right and right. I feel like the thing around the corner is going to be the thing that helps me get it right. Uh, realizing like, oh man, I'm I'm trying to control something. A lot of times I'm trying to ex- control the external things. I'm trying to control the things around me because I ain't even trying to look at controlling myself, controlling the things that I can. That's right. hard. Uh, for me, I've definitely realized how much um, like being scheduling and kind of being proactive and handling my business is good for my mental health but prior procrastination last minute relying on my skills relying on my talent just halfway doing stuff relying on everybody else to do stuff for me that was my mode of operation for a long time now switching into being responsible for my own life and accountable for my own life as much as possible it is stupid hard and a lot of times I'm like why am I even doing this what am I doing what is going to be the outcome of me doing this hard work and doing this process and I'm I'm learning now though it's like this is just the process of life it is what it is yeah yeah definitely and it's like you gotta you gotta spend your time on earth doing something I mean you know you can uh, you know I guess it's all what Whatever meaning you try to uh, ascribe to, 
you know, your path or your path, I guess you want to call it. But, uh, yeah, man, you got to do something with your shit here. So work on yourself or, or don't. Maybe, right? <laughs> and, James, you hit it, man. Like, the outcome, you know, I always used to hear, like, it's about the process. And I'm like, man, shut the fuck up. Like, I don't. <laughs> like, shut up, dog. Like, shut up. I want the outcome. You know what I'm saying? But it's like. You gotta go through the process. Like you have to go through it, and even when you think you're going through it, sometimes you're not. Like it's like, it, it, yeah, man, it's it's balance. Yeah. It's really it's really finding that balance, uh, and it's not always it's it's definitely doable, especially with what you shared, James. Like holding yourself accountable, making that schedule, and sticking to it. That's something that I've definitely had to do more of to kind of keep me on track with certain things. And the power of manifestation is real. And so meditating on things, breathing things into my life and, and exhaling things out of my life, like that stuff is real. And, you know, I think in the last two years, I really discovered how real it was for me personally. Uh, I always believed in it, but just witnessing it and having it happen to me and encountering it in a real way is like, oh, wow, like this is manifestation is so real. And you're you can unintentionally manifest negativity into your life because you're not taking control of your life for yourself and so you it's yeah man it's it's a hard bargain but it's something that you definitely got to do for yourself and and vulnerability within itself is a process you can't just jump out and be like oh, i'm open i'm saying everything and everything now because you don't even really know what you are letting people into because you don't even know what's all the way in there then you go through the process of finding out and this is all still new stuff Ain't nobody was talking about vulnerability 10 years ago. Growing up, nobody. this is considered soft. This is considered weak. All this stuff is still new. This is, this is new stuff. Um, I talk to my dad a lot more often now. And he'll be telling me about, oh, I listen to this podcast about this. Or I, uh, it'll be his attempts at vulnerability. And he's uh, like 63 or something years old. And it's, it's a new thing for him. And it's a new thing for us, just as men together, what can I share? This is my daddy. I call him daddy. What can I share with him? And he's on the same way. What can I share with him? So, like, my dad always been there in my life, always provided and everything like that, but not that vulnerability piece because it's been new for everybody. So we're all exploring the process of, of doing this stuff and even the language of being vulnerable you know, I feel like everybody said, "Where can I be transparent? Can I be vulnerable with you?" It's like, no, lie to me, hold back from me. Like, yes, that's what we want to do. We want to communicate, but this is something that is really pioneering for people on a personal level to go to these places. And some people choose to do it, and not everybody chooses to do it. But if you choose to do it, it's going to be a process. It's going to be some work, and so far, it's been very valuable to me. And I think something to remind people is that there is no wrong way of doing it. Um, we've all reached it in different ways, at different levels with it. And uh, the only way to get experience and know what works, what doesn't work is by simply doing it. So, you know, if it is unloading completely on somebody and, you know, it may work one time for you, it may not work another time for you, but just allowing that to be what it is and, uh, just kind of, you know, I think I'm, I'm a very introspective person. I'm always reflecting on my actions and just my shit more than I am how somebody else takes something or receives something is what can I do better? 
You know what I mean? Um, we're kind of going back to the question of the whole, how did you know your mental health was spiraling and shit? Uh, for me, it was my sexuality shit. Um, you know, just really accepting for myself of, of my sexuality and then having to almost like really, really rebuild every thought that I had in my mind, what this is and what I was taught or what I thought. And, um, yeah, it was like a mind fuck. And, you know, James was one of those people that recommended therapy to me and I didn't know what the fuck to expect out of it. I didn't know, you know, I think my whole journey, I haven't known shit. You know what I mean? I haven't known what the result was going to be of anything, but you know, it's got me here and, uh, yeah, it's all been trial and error, but I, I clearly, I think I knew when I knew my mental health was kind of needed to be prioritized was just having conversations with strangers that I wasn't having with, you know, regular people in my life and breaking down, like you said, being, being too open and, you know, for me, and just to be more specific, because I know, I know George is a gay man. So I'm a, be real real transparent or real open and uh you know i used to meet guys on craigslist and it would be to meet a guy to hook up and end up telling this guy my whole fucking life story and trying to just figure shit out you know what i mean so yeah before you get to that <laughs> go get you some help <laughs> and that's real even on like i've dumped on plenty of women who were there and supportive for me and then end up being in a relationship, having sex, or whatever. But then, like I said before, I'm feeling uncomfortable with this person I just dumped on. Like, oh, you know too much. I gotta go. And just ruining relationships because I wasn't ready for what came out of my mouth. And I wasn't ready for the response to that. I'm thinking, oh, she's gonna run away as soon as I say all this. And she ended up staying. And I'm like, ooh, let me go. I've usually been on the other end of that. Uh, I feel like I'm always vulnerable first with guys, like especially like in the dating. And um, I think when I create that space for people, it's almost, it, it could be too much sometimes for them. I'm very comfortable in creating that space for other people. Um, a lot of times back in, you know, like I would be more comfortable with them sharing because then I, I feel like, oh, I got control. Like I know what it is just I'm a therapist I know what to do with this that you're giving me I'm not trying to be manipulative or abusive or anything but I'm more comfortable in that space but in the space where I'm the one on the couch sharing and airing all my stuff out it's like mm -mm, this is not safe <clears throat> out of here yeah and you know as I'm listening to you say that like it, it makes you feel like you have control I've heard men tell me that they with me they feel like they lose control and I think maybe because it's another man that they're expressing it to, you know, whatever, whatever the thought may be. Um, the second part of that question, though, which I feel like might be an easy answer, but and not easy, but just a, a honest and truthful answer is, did you address and acknowledge your mental health issues right away or did you put it off? And I know for me, I put that shit off till it couldn't be put off no more and it just had to just 
because it was spewing all over into my life and I had to just get off of that. I put it off. Uh, yeah, I put it off because I didn't. I didn't know. I didn't know what to do with it. Like, it was just there. Um, and like James mentioned earlier, all of this talk is new. Like we didn't. There was no platforms like this five, ten years ago. Like well, five years ago it was obviously because we had this conversation five years ago. But <laughs> ten years ago, it wasn't no platform like this for us to. Re- so we had to like relearn all of this stuff. So I definitely held on to mine because I was stuck in that. Oh. You know, in the black community, we don't share. What happens at home stays at home. You know what I'm saying? What happens to you stay. You stay. You keep that for yourself. You don't share that with other people. Um, and that's why even in the younger generation, everybody's sharing a lot of stuff on social media. It used to be like, yo, this is crazy to me. Like, everybody's sharing all their business on social media. Like, why? Why? What are you doing? You know what I'm saying? It was so, like, strange to me. Um, but I definitely held on to mine. For as long as I could. Yeah, I think uh, I, know, I think everybody does that. I remember even being in in grad school. One of the kind of like quotes from my teachers had was that nobody goes to therapy. You know, by the time somebody comes to therapy, usually everything is falling apart at that point. Like nobody comes to therapy for celebratory reasons. Like that's usually kind of like the last resort. Well, it's probably well, shit. This was like ten years ago, so. That might be a little different now, but for the most part, shit, might like 10, 15 years ago. But, uh, yeah, no, not that old. Um, but yeah, yeah, people don't, uh, and that was, I guess, a similar thing for me was, yeah, you know, you let it, you try to handle it as best as you can, and then when everything that you know no longer is not working, then try something new at that point. So. Yeah. I started therapy like around 22 and it was because in my graduate program you had to go to therapy and I wanted to go like a year before once again on that control thing to kind of be ready. Like, right. Let me make sure I get everything out before I have to go into these programs and I ain't, you know, just being too vulnerable because I already got it out and I already do that. Right. Um, so I got into therapy, therapy, got into therapy early. <laughs> as a preventative measure. <laughs> but I think really getting into my mental health, it, it crept up on me a bit. It hit me when I wasn't really aware through the, the practice of yoga and stuff. Because yoga is going to open you up. Yoga made me vulnerable physically, uh, made me open to new ideas, and made me drop down a lot of my guard, and it just hit me. And then quitting my job and being in a place where I was dependent on other people and stuff, it really made me open up. So I tried to prevent a breakdown in my life being in shambles and stuff by going to therapy early, but then it, life hit it and it was like, okay, I got therapy, but now I really gotta go to therapy and really do the work, not just sit there and impress this lady with my linguistics and blah, 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 blah. I was like, nah, you gotta go in there and really do the work really share and show who you are and what you're going through and that's still an ongoing process can i ask y'all a serious question um because i know you mentioned yoga and vulnerability um have y'all ever farted in a yoga class (laughs) i don't think i have i don't think so you gotta let it go (laughs) especially after i hear somebody else do it it's a part of the process. You hear somebody else do it, like, okay, cool. 
Smell like yoga mats in here anyway. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I, I got two more questions for y'all. Um, what advice would you give to yourself from five years ago? Listen to yourself. You're right. Trust yourself. You saying what I said five years ago. If you, whenever you tell me, whenever I listen to some of my old audios and I'm talking about something I'm going through or, or happening stuff now, I'd be like, James, you know what you're doing. Just listen to yourself. Trust yourself. Um, you know, just getting distracted with other things, having other, like you said, protecting my mental from letting other stuff come in and derail me. But like James. You know what you're doing. You got it. Just trust yourself. <laughs> listen to yourself. You know what you want. It don't matter how you gonna go about getting it. Just keep going and trust yourself. You know. You know. You know. You know. Yeah. Uh, I would say don't overthink something. Just do it. Like just start whatever. Don't try to plan too much. Don't uh, don't worry too much about the outcome of stuff. Just start the process and figure it out as you go along. And so. Uh, yeah, waste a lot of time trying to make the first attempt perfect and worrying about it looking good or whatever, coming out perfect the first time. So, yeah, man, just don't overthink the shit. Fuck up a little bit. Give yourself right. space. To yeah. um, I've been thinking about what I want to, what I would say to myself. And honestly, there's a couple of things that I thought of. One of them was... Uh, I'm a survivor. I'm not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but no, I think that the main thing that I would really tell myself is nobody knows what they're doing. Just try shit. Like everybody out here is trying shit. Like whether it's business, art, you know what I'm saying? Like relationships, everybody's just trying shit. So just try some shit. Like nobody, nobody knows what they're doing. Until they start yeah. to do it and they learn on the on the go. So just try and see what happens. And if you don't like it, you don't like it. And if you do, great. Run with it. But just try. Like whatever it is, just try. Right. And to shit, to kind of piggyback on that, something I'm telling myself now is that like I don't know, people aren't that people are special. They not that special. Like motherfuckers that do amazing shit, they still just regular people that just did it. Like there's no inherent Oh shit, God opened up the clouds and, you know, dropped the anointing on them and they the only ones that can do that shit. Like, nah, like you said, motherfuckers don't know what they're doing. Don't try to be like, oh man, well, that's them and they got this several little thing. And so, yeah, everybody out here making it up as they go along. That's what's up. And what reminder do you want to give to yourself five years from now? Probably the same shit. <laughs> just go, like, just go for it. Like, you might not know what you're doing. Just do it. Like, it's it's crazy. And I say it because I've seen so many different people go into like businesses, business ventures, um, things that I've wanted to do, things that I've thought of, things that I like created on my own, like on the side, and be like, damn, like the shop with uh, LeBron James. I was like, damn, I thought of that three years before he started that. You know what I'm saying? But I never. I never tried it. You know what I'm saying? I never did it. And then I saw LeBron James doing it. And it's like, well, nobody's going to believe that I thought of that three years before he tried it. And it's just, 
just going for it. Like, just keep at it. Whatever it is that you got going, keep at it. Keep moving. It doesn't look like it's working. It never looks like it's working until somebody tells you that the shit is working. And even when they tell you that it's working, you're still going to feel like you're not doing enough. Just keep at it. Because that's all. That's the best that you can do. Just keep going. Keep pushing. Keep at it. Keep pursuing. Keep dreaming. Like, that's, that's all we got. We, we're never going to be as good as we are on paper to ourselves. I write down, we write, I write down, you know, Sean, Fab, Sean, sorry. Uh, Sean be having us write down at the beginning of the year, you know, what are your what are the things that you want to do for the year? What are the things that you want to accomplish for the year? I write down this stuff. That should be looking amazing. <laughs> like, ooh, look, look, damn, I, I accomplished this. This is crazy. But it's like, just keep pursuing it. It's not a you write it down as, as a goal. So you just work towards your goal and wherever you get is wherever you get. It doesn't matter right. if you actually get there, you're further ahead than you were at the beginning of the year. Just try to go and get whatever you're trying to go get. And be happy whatever 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 the outcome is. Uh and I, I really I don't I'm not gonna wait till five years. I I do the affirmations, I do all that stuff. And I tell myself every day, you dope, I love you, you enough, you got this, keep it pushing, keep it going. I got my whole list of affirmations and I do it every day because I got to because I don't want to look at five years from now and be like, oh man, I really start telling myself that now because every day something come in my mind that tell me opposite. So every day I tell myself, I'm dope, I'm enough, I, love I got a whole bunch of affirmations that I go through and it's true, I'm really dope, I'm really dope. And the more I remind myself that, the more I'm dope. Yes. Guided <laughs> meditations coming May 19th. Right? That's dope. Like, we are on a, we all went to Xavier. That's dope. We still all talk to each other. That's dope. We all creatively living music and comedy and podcasts. Like, that's dope. If you look at my life under a microscope, it's gonna say dope. <laughs> oh, every element of it. And for so long, I have not acknowledged that and not admitted that because I wasn't ready to accept the responsibility of my dopeness. I'm ready now. Don't give it to me. I'm dope. That's it. Hey man, yeah. I'm not. I'm not even ready for the dopeness, but I'm accepting it. Like I'm not. I'm not ready. What comes? I'm not ready for what comes with it. I just know that I'm fucking amazing. <laughs> And I say that shit all the time. Like, I say it all. I'm amazing. You know, I'm amazing at what I do. I'm amazing at just, I'm amazing. And, and people are looking at me like, you're so arrogant. And it's like, no, nah, dog, I'm not arrogant. I'm just amazing. I just really believe in myself. Like, it's, it's crazy how much I believe in myself, even though I doubt myself at the same time. Like, it's, it's about balance. And, and you got a, a kid, and I work with kids. I go on that campus. And them kids treat me like a rock star. They yeah. treat me like I'm a man. Mike, know you got a little person in your house that is, oh, my God, you're amazing all the time. Thank you. Um, I need that. My daughter, she told me that my daughter is three now, and which is amazing. I love being a father. It's one of the best things I've ever done in my life. And she, the other day, she was like, Daddy, you're my superhero. Bro, when I told y'all when the other room and bald. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, thank you, baby. Oh, oh. 
Like, I had to run. Like, I couldn't even stay in the room. I was like, this is crazy. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It was crazy, but it was the best feeling in the world because I know I don't. It's, it's the same thing that we've been talking about this whole time. I had no idea what to do as a father. I'd never been a father before. Like, I'd never done it before. You know what I'm saying? I got that book from Crenshaw uh, before he left. He don't even remember the book he gave me. But <laughs> uh, I got that book from Crenshaw before he left. Uh, I really, really appreciate that gift. But I had no idea what I was doing. But it was like that natural instinct just took over. And I, I had to do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, my baby's here. I have to take care of you. And if we look at our... Our, even with Mike, right? And I'm super proud of you, bro. Like, I'm super proud of you, dog. Like, you have no idea how proud I am of you. Like, just what you've done with this and where you've gone with this and where you've taken it. And, you know, me being able to start this with you and you just taking off from there. Like, dog, like, my heart I'm, is full for you, bro. For real. I appreciate that. And for real, dog. And so, like, but this is his baby. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is his. This and it's the same thing with everything that we have to pursue. I had to take care of my child because she's here. I don't have a choice. And if we treat the things that we want in life the same way, you learn and it'll give back to you. The love that she gives back to me, like I'll apologize to her. Like, baby, I'm sorry, I'm just really tired. And she'll come and give me a hug. Like, it's okay, daddy. And it's like, how do you know to do that? Like, <laughs> cause that's exactly what I needed. You know what I'm saying? But. It gives back to you if you if you pour into it, it'll give back to you, man. Like, it's amazing. That's what's up, man. Shit, I appreciate y'all coming on the show. Um, y'all mind letting the people know where they can find y'all? I just want to say one thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I really appreciate you bringing. This is a very uh, timely topic for me, as I dive into my own sense of introspection, a big part of the thing that I know I'm missing in my life is being more vulnerable and building relationships with friends and people and stuff. Like, I can have friends and stuff, but then still, like, you know, people don't know me. Like, ah, just, you don't know me stuff. So having that vulnerability piece, I know, is a part of me developing just as a person and then helping to develop better relationships with people that I love and I care about. So I appreciate you putting this on at a time where that really has been on my mind about being more intimate with the people that I love and care about in this way. So I appreciate it. You can find me, that yoga dude, D-A-T-Y-O-G-A. And then I'm, I got a little uh, special treat for all y'all. A O L G's are letting go. So it's that yoga dude backslash art of letting A A O how you say A O L G. That yoga dude.com backslash A O L G. And we put together a special set of meditations and yoga for you. So go ahead and check that out because Mike Brown is a dope dude and he's putting a dope show, so we want to give all y'all listeners a dope little gift from that yoga dude. Uh, yeah. Uh, Crenshaw, kind of funny on Instagram. Linktree there, YouTube. All right, stuff there, but primarily Crenshaw, kind of funny on Instagram. Uh, I just want to say something, too. 
I don't have shit to say. I, I was like, damn, that was tight. He, he said all that, and then he gave his hand. I was like, damn, I don't have nothing. I don't have nothing. Uh, no, you can find me at alpha dot one. Uh, A-L-F-P-H-A dot O-N-E on Instagram. Um, also follow um, the group that I work with, Legendary Minds, L-E-G-E-N-D-A-R-I, Minds, M-I-N-D-S, um, on Instagram. Hey, 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 man, leave me alone. Uh, <laughs> that's my first time having to spell it like that. I need to work on it. Spelling out loud. Uh, right, right. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Can we rewind this part and do it again? Um, but um, yeah, follow me, Alpha.1. And um, Alpha actually is an acronym that's the, that stands for a life of field praising him. Amen. That's why it's A L F P H A. Um, and I'm also the firstborn in my family. That's why I go by Alpha as well. Because everybody's like, why do you call yourself Alpha? You're an Alpha male? You're doing, Rest you're doing in peace, a lot Kevin right Samuels. But, uh, <laughs> you said what? <laughs> Rest in peace, Kevin Samuels. Right, right. Facts, facts. So, uh, man, never mind. That's, that's something I said offline. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm I, I, yeah, I got a whole thing about that. But, anyways, yeah, that's right. you can follow me Alpha Dot One on Instagram, and uh, I, I, my website and everything like that is coming. I'm not as as polished as that yoga dude is just yet, but I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting it. He got the headset and everything. <laughs> Man, thank y'all for tuning in. Well, first, thank y'all for being on the show. Um, Listeners, thank y'all for tuning in. Um, If you want to hear the full version of this episode, because it's a lengthy episode, I'll probably give like 30, 45 minutes for free. But if you want the full thing, please log on to Patreon and check it out. Um, Thank y'all so much for listening. (laughs) This is Mike Brown, and this is The Art of Letting Go. Peace. Letting go, letting go. Oh, shit. All right, y'all. Peace. Peace. Thank y'all for tuning into this week's episode of The Art of Letting Go. If you like what you heard, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. Also, be sure to leave a review on whatever streaming platform you listen on. If you'd like to support the show a little deeper, you know there's a Patreon where you can uh, subscribe and get exclusive content from the show. I was going to cut some of the stuff out of this episode, but you know I wanted to make it a full episode. Also, I want to hear from you guys. DM me. Hit me up on the phone line, 213-394-2773. Also, for all merch, you can look up JustMikeBrown.com. Thank y'all for tuning in.